Man, you should be excited that you have an opportunity. You should be excited that you have an opportunity. So, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Mental Toughness Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And today is Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And on this particular call, we talk about mindset, we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about books, we talk about mental toughness, talk about success, we talk about failure. Man, we talk about a lot of things that go hand in hand in what we do on a daily basis, whether it's our job, our business, our relationships. Mainly we talk about our paradigm, though, our thoughts, you know, things that we were taught at a young age that was instilled in us early because we had a clean slate. And uh, everything that was received stuck. Um, whatever we heard, the environment we were in, the things we heard, and imagine coming from a poor or a humble or middle-class neighborhood, what did you hear? You can only hear certain things because that's what made the neighborhood humble, poor, and middle-class, the thoughts. So you couldn't really hear any any other thoughts from there because if you did, then you wouldn't be in those neighborhoods because once we change our thoughts, we change our actions. And when we change our actions, we change our life. So, yeah, are there small, small percentages where people say, well, my family wasn't like that, and my parents didn't say those things? Yeah, yeah, it might be. Might have been a few like that, but guess what? Your friends, your relatives, your coworkers, your uh, church members, they said it. They said those things that, um, that, you know, that would give you an inferiority complex and, you know, the things that you heard about, you know, changing your life financially, being wealthy, uh, is it possible, and the things that, those things are still ingrained in a lot of people, in all of us, because, well, some of us are working on it, but most people are not, because the system that we grew up in does not train us to derail those thoughts or, or to reprogram yourself and how to do it. It just teaches us how to pass tests, move on to get a good job, um, show us how to buy a car. Well, don't even really show us that, but we can spend our money on nice clothes, get a home. We feel good, but those things are still there. And uh, so in order for us to advance even more, we have to address it, and that's what we talk about here uh, on these calls. Uh, we have a replay number, 712-432-1085, um, We also load these on podcast platforms. You know, I usually, lately I've been micing up, but with this one I'm not going to mic up. I'm just going to do the straight recording because I have uh, our guest on today who's going to talk about this this recording we're going to play. So I didn't want to, you know be mic'd and he and he's not mic'd so we're going to keep it that way today but we're going to play the recording number nine from uh big lou from you know two years ago when i was recording him while he was in prison serving 22 years he's out now he's out and uh he's on the line with us and so at the end of this clip we're going to talk about what you heard it's about 20 minutes 25 minutes um of the nine num, interview number nine, we did uh, like twelve interviews, and you guys have heard two through eight. You didn't hear number one, and you didn't hear you know this one number nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So um, we're gonna play this right now, and then we're gonna come back and uh, 
probably not. That's what I'm going to do. i got to do my one minute. But I'm going to do something different today. I'm not doing Spartans. I'm going to go back and do a classic for you guys. A one minute and 20 second classic. Y'all ready? Here it is. Hello, hello. Welcome to the locker room call where we talk about mindset. Right. Right. Yeah. So this film Nothing is not you, me, I'm all the way up. All the way up. All the way up. Yeah. All the way up. Yeah. All the way up. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
how human nature is, the psyche, of the, the, the psychology of human beings as he has created us. Because everyone practices the golden rule. Society usually only wants to look at that rule as in the positive. When you see somebody giving out turkeys now during the holidays, uh, everybody giving out hats to the homeless, we say, oh, okay, yeah, that's the principle of the golden rule. This is the key to builders. This is the key where I was figured out this is why these kids are out there killing themselves. This is why I committed the crime I committed. This is why 16-year-olds out there killing other 16-year-olds like it's nothing. They are doing to others as they will have others do unto them. The key to that golden rule was when Christ said, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was to come and change you to make you new. Because if a man is not made new, if you lack identity, if your identity is that which is defunct and which is dysfunctional, the only thing you can produce is death. There's life and there's death. When my mindset was dysfunctional, when my mindset had adopted the principles of death, and I had believed every curse that was spoken to me in my life, and I had adopted every way which was the wrong and crooked way on the wrong path, all I could do unto others is that which had been done unto me. Because I was working against myself because the nature of being a human being and being living is to live, and death was working in me. I worked death towards everything. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. And it's not always the physical death, it's relationship death. Every relationship I had with every human being broke down due to my mindset, due to how I thought about myself. That mindset was how I thought about myself. This principle of the golden rule is dealing with a self-image. But every relationship I have is a reflection of the relationship I have with myself. So until I change how I view myself, I can do nothing for anybody else. That's what's wrong with the babies. These young ladies, these young men, have been beaten down, traumatized, curses spoken over them. People have no idea the power of their words when they tell a child something that you can't do this or you'll never get it. Look, you're stupid. You need to be in those classes. When we start segmenting people into these classes and groups, lesser than, more than, and defining them by what classroom they sit in, by what level, by what score test they had. And you start defining these children who are looking for definitions of how, who they are in life. And when you have these defunct mindsets that you have embedded in these children, they are doing unto others as they would have them do unto them because they see themselves in the view of death. Am I making sense? You're making a lot of sense. I just talked about this this morning on our um mindset call, but I've been talking about that for 20-some years because what you're talking about is low self-esteem that's been instilled in kids at a young age. And, you know, if you read some of the uh, the books, some of the mindset books that we – I'm sure you've read a lot of them. It talks about that the the most fertile time, the program of mind is from the womb to age seven or eight, and that's when it's empty. And so it kind of – whatever is said to a child at that age, it kind of sucks in just like water 
hitting dry soil. You know how you put a lot of water on a dry plant and it just sucks it in? A child, the same way, whatever you say to them, they believe it. So when you start off saying that you, you ain't no good, you just like your daddy, you're going to always be broke, and, you know, you, you don't, don't try to make money, rich people are evil, all these things are programmed in you at a young age, and it's matter, matter of fact, it's buried deep down inside, and a lot of times we don't even know it's there, but we react based on that. And that's what you're saying. We react based on how we really feel about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves came at an early age, that, you know, the age where we didn't stop our parents and say, wait a minute, Mom, let me think about that, what you just said. <laughs> None of that. It was just We took in everything, even from the womb, you know, what you heard as a baby in the womb, that stuff affects us, and um, that's what you're saying, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And when the when the child becomes a teenager, and then everybody wants to say, oh, he's so horrible, he's so terrible, look at him, he's a monster, look at her, she, she's a mess, she ain't never going to be nothing, look at her, she's pregnant at 14, pregnant at 15, and then nobody wants, like I said, a sword, nobody want to say, well, who planted this? Mm-hmm. That's what we should be looking at. Who planted it? How did this happen? That's what nobody want to look at, and that's what builders look at. This is, and this is what I miss in, in explaining builders. And that's why I call it builders from the ground up. It's a rebuild. I go in and I rebuild men and women. I- this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I rebuild the mindset. I rebuild. I tell you from the jump. Everything that you have ever heard about yourself, I don't care if it came from grandma, mama, pop, pop, daddy, your mama, your auntie, your cousins, it's a lie. Wow. It's a lie. Yep. Because you wouldn't be sitting here with me if, they, if, if the soil had been good. It's a lie. And I don't care if people be offended by that or not because it's good you be offended by that. It's good. It just wakes you up. Now you listen. I know you let everybody listening now. I just told you your whole family lied to you. Because your identity is not that what you think it is. You have adopted these things. You have allowed these things to come in and muddle up who you truly are. Uh, Earl has a uh, little thing when it's a guy, they say he found a piece of granite or whatnot, and he was chiseling, chiseling, chiseling. And it came out to be this, this beautiful elephant sitting out in his front yard. And everybody came back and said, oh, how did you do this? We know you could do this. And he didn't say he chiseled an elephant. He just said, I chiseled away everything that wasn't an elephant. Because that's what I knew I wanted. So I started them off letting them know that you can improve, you can grow. That's that growth mindset. You can become better. Because most people don't believe they can become better because they've been regimented to this box. You're a slow learner. You know, you'll never read well. You're dyslexic. You're doing this. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. We've always told we'll, we'll never do. And they take all that up out of you. So I'm telling you, that's a lie. And then give you, and that's why I'm going to read my curriculum, the next call, then start instilling in you all these things where we missed, all the nutrients that should have went into that soil you was talking about, to show you, to give you a glimpse that, oh, this exists. Because for those of us who are ignorant, I'm talking about, and I'm going to share a story of my ignorance. It's a, it's a story. It hurts, but it's somebody else out there that feel that same way. And they need to know that you can overcome that. So I rebuild with all the things that should have been there so people can know it's possible. Because if you don't show a person that it's possible, how would they ever know? Like, and it sounds so simple, you only know what you've been exposed to. People take it for granted 
that they have been exposed to all these things and they picked up these things along the way and they just think, oh, that's common sense. There's no such thing as common sense. This is one of the worst. When I hear it, it irks me so bad when people speak of common sense. Everything you know you've been exposed to at some point. So if you've never exposed to something, you're talking about a person that has never left, you know, a six-block radius or whatnot and been in and out of the legal system. Uh has never, and if you've been out of town, but you've been around your family, you ain't never went. You have one minute remaining. Still your family. They're the same people. So all you can get is what you can get from your family. So when you see this poison working in these children and you're saying, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? It's because y'all done told them they ain't shit. Yep. If you keep telling a person he ain't shit, he's going to start acting like he ain't shit. You know, and then you want to, and then everybody want to come lately and say, "Well, I can't do nothing with him." Yes, you can. You just don't want to. Don't nobody want to put in the work. It's a, it's a hard road. It's a transformation. A man must be born again. Hmm. So on the next call, I'm gonna uh, read the curriculum and, and tie it all in. But I, I should have started with that. That, that do one the other. Not only read the curriculum on the one after that. I want you to teach it. <laughs> so teach it over the call. I need to know what you're saying and how you're saying it in those classes, man, because, I mean, it's the Thank same Thank you for stuff. using GTL. All right, Ms. Slim. Right. Yeah. You okay. know, people are going to swear, the people who know me, that, you know, the statements that you just made, that that's something I said to you before the call so you could say it on the call. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, what you just said about why builders – was put in place is what my whole mindset call is talking about for the last 20 years. All the books that we read and all is exactly what you just said. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's universal talk- truth. It's to, it's, right. it's to figure it out. It's to, right. Remember I told you we was talking to, in the last couple of weeks, and I said, yeah, I, I just I figured it out. It clicked. And when you talk to others that's to figure it out, it all sounds the same. Y'all speak the same language. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I've talked to 80-year-old white men I've talked to, to a dude that's 26, you know, whatever in their process of time, like when me and you first talked, we just clicked. That universal right. truth did speak. You know, you, you done figured it out. Right. You know, once you figure it out, you speak a certain language, it only look a certain way. You know, it only works a certain way. And when somebody ain't figured it out, they can't even understand that. And then as you try to tell them that, they can't see it. Right. It only works one way. Right. You know, you keep trying your way if you want, but you don't realize you're not getting no success your way. Yep. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. One of my guilty pleasures, black exploitation movies, and I break down the, mess- the deeper messages within them. So in the Mac, remember when Goldie and his brother having that conversation about what needs to change in the neighborhood and with the community and whatnot. And mm-hmm. his brother say, you know, we got to get rid of all the pimps, hustles, and pushes, or whatever first. And, you know, Goldie, of course, takes offense to that because you talking about getting rid of me. <laughs> Now, what Goldie couldn't see is, but you in it because, okay, my guy hit is personal. And you see that you can come up if you get some of your, you're trying to get some of your competitors out of the way. You got the predatory mindset. The, the, the brother, his brother was coming from the community mindset of that we all interconnected and that we got to start with good foundation to build this thing up. So everything that's, that's rotten got to be taken away. And, Goldie's looking at it like, oh, this is me personally, because he identified with this predatory mindset. But he's talking about a mindset, not necessarily 
him as a person. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But it's going over his head. Right. He's missing so it. That's, and I might be not that deep, but that's how I think. So when I see these things, that's how I feel about it. Like, oh, this is an illustration of that. Because he identified as that. He talking about the mindset. You start thinking like that, bro, and start thinking as a builder, as a planner, you know, that's the foundation he's talking about. Because right. It's not people with mindsets that's doing these things. You know, on the uh, Bob Proctor DVDs and CDs that I'm going to send you uh, to the prison, uh, he talks about in there, and what you're doing, he calls it growing new brain cells. He says every day you can grow new brain cells by getting new information. He said uh, you, know, you just keep, just keep you know, putting new information in, it's going to grow new brain cells. And he explains it a lot different than what I just said. I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. keeping what he just said, but when you hear it, you'll see exactly, you know, why he said, and that's exactly what you're doing. Right. It's all the same. That's what I've realized. Every book I've read, every everything I've heard, uh, uh, positive affirmation, going all the way back to uh, uh, James Allen, to whoever, Benjamin Franklin, every, it's all the universal truth. You know, it's amazing, man, how you, you see, you sold me on Benjamin Franklin because I've never ever read any of his stuff. I never ever looked at him. I know, but you, you like a, a big fan of his. Like I never, I had, I hadn't even never looked at Benjamin Franklin as the person that, as smart as what you say he is. How did you How did you run across that? I ran across Benjamin Franklin because when I read uh, the Seven Habits, uh, it impressed me. So. Mm-hmm. And this is going. This is a perfect segue to the story. Uh, because I, I tell you, if I was stupid, naive, you talking about a person whose brain was lower than my father used to tell. Put your bird, your brain in a bird, and fly backwards. <laughs> that's what I was told. So that's how I acted. So anyway, right. I've always been naive. That's what I was told. So that's how I acted. I've always believed every word. Always was looking for somebody to tell me something. So now I check everything. I got to check you out. So when Covey wrote that book, and I said, okay, this sounds good. Where did he get this from? Because he got this from somewhere. This was shit made in the 80s or something, or 90s. So where did he get this from? That's how I became familiar with Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin was one of the people, most of our time management uh, principles. You know, it, I know, and I ignored all of that. That's where Franklin Covey comes from. I ignored, and that's one of my favorite books. I, my car tag says Seven Habits on my car. And, I, you know, I didn't, like, what do you call that? You call that uh, how you research it is another word you use when you. You, you verify truth. Okay, yeah. So you verify actually truth. you actually did that. <laughs> so I want to know where did you get your principles from? That's how I came across Albert Ian Gray, the common denominator of success. Right. Um, these were some of the things that he researched and took and put them in his own way, you know, and that's all. We all do with teaching. You know, you, you take like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. You know, Socrates never wrote nothing. Well, Plato and Aristotle carried on the legacy and tradition of the critical thinking. You know, I, I mm-hmm. guess the method, I use the Socratic questioning method, which I'm sure Socrates got from somewhere, but I just ain't found where he got it from. Mm-hmm. You just keep asking why. Lewis, why did you think that? Lewis, why did you do that? Why did you have a gun, Lewis? Why did you think like that? Why were you there? Why were you selling drugs? Why did you do that? Why and you just keep asking yourself why I'm breaking down these layers like the brother did? I, I'm chiseling everything away that ain't really me, and that's what you understand about change. That's that's the secret. That's almost like the payoff 
that's why all books about these journeys, the alchemists, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody if they never read a book. Yeah. It was always there. It right. was always each many ways. Like with all these superheroes, that's the whole. The story is about. A- this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility, and may be recorded and monitored. Transformation in that which you already were, but you had to break down all the bullcrap that wasn't real to get back to your true identity. Hey, you know the the, the song um, Oz never did give nothing to the Tin Man that he didn't already have. Hold on, say that again. Yeah. Oz never, never, ever did give nothing to the Tin Man that he didn't already have. Right. Okay. You know, what I'm saying yeah. it was a song. It's a song. That's a popular song that's been out since the seventies. I think it's okay. I'm not hip. Fields and Cross or something like that. But that right. was a no. I think I don't know who that was. I, but it, it, that was a popular song. But you know, that's what you're saying. A lot of that stuff right. we already have in us. You know, we just got to find it. Got to dig it up. It was the vibe. Oh, right. raw in there. There's so much stuff come off that Wizard of Oz. Right. Uh, brother, I did with Damien Calvert came down and spoke for my class, gave a powerful presentation on that Wizard of Oz. And there's so much stuff in that from mm. uh, the economy to personal development to everything. Right. But it was now already there. Now, that's deep. I'm going to have to Google that and see if I can find that because I never looked at it. Even though, even though you know, you talked about the lion and the Tin Man, all of them already had the stuff. But I never looked at it that way, and I'm always looking at stuff that way. I'm going to have to go back and research that one, really. Oh, yeah, it was already there. And then when yeah. you see, remember, the, the great Wizard of Oz, everybody was looking for somebody else to save them. They was looking to the great master, the Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz. Remember, I was the old white dude with, sitting in his drawers. Behind the curtains. Controlling the Toto exposed him. Yeah, she pulled the curtains on him. <laughs> he was a man. Yeah. There is no great, there's nobody coming. This is my dude used to tell me. The, the, the brother I told you told me, if you think like a boss, you'll be a boss. Yeah. He was running a business, running, had his own business for me here and showed me it could be done. He said, he said, ain't nobody coming, Lewis. The cabaret. Ain't nobody coming. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody coming. That's not being pessimistic. That's accepting the reality of your responsibility. Like what responsibility and accountability is, we don't really want to deal with the definitions of those words. That is responsible accountability for your thoughts, your actions, your impulses, for, for what's going to happen to you. That is taking control and stop being superstitious. Stop looking for the great master to come and save you from all high. Ain't nobody coming. Right. Because those that live their life like that live a life of tragedy because none of that is real. So if they keep waiting on the great master to come, <laughs> and he don't come, you know, you know, it, it, you yeah, disillusion with life. Exactly. It's kind of like call is originating uh, from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Now, it's kind of it's kind of like what you were saying the other day, and it made me think about when you asked me. Um, you said you remember the conversation you we had about a connection in Cleveland with your father-in-law, either your wife had. You remember you you asked me about that right. again. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's a that's a realization that nobody's coming. So what you're doing is you're building up contact lists just in case somebody else don't come through. That's what I understand. That's that's what we need to do in business because you need way more than one or two people. I'm sure you got 20 people that you're working with or 30, but you had to come to that realization at some point that I got to keep building my list. I got to keep building my database. I got to keep building because nobody's going to be here to help me unless I help myself. And you got to always have that, you know, and I, I don't know if something happened to you, like while you was working on the project, and you realized that I need to have more people, or just that's just a thought process. 
Well, this is perfectly what we were talking about to segue into um, the story I wanted to share about. I had a like victim mentality, the victim mentality. The victim mentality and also, remember I said, okay, the, the beauty of change, the gift of change, the gift, the, the, the very, the, the, to me, the pure nugget, the joy of it, the joy of it. It don't matter what nobody else thinks. It's about what you know on the inside, the little secret that you had in your heart and that you know and that you cannot express to anybody else that has not gone through it because they'll never understand it. When you change, you realize you never change. You just found who you knew you were all along, whatever the world had beaten out of you. And that's why so it seems so hard because, well, you've got to kill all this fake identity. The Bible was talking about kill the old man. But as you kill the old man, it becomes consistent every day, the habit of killing the old man. And then the new man begins to appear and the mirror becomes clear, you realize the new man was that kid that you always was, that hurt little kid before all the pain. You realize the truth of I was always here. Mm-hmm. I had just let all these other things cloud the mirror. And now that I see myself clearly, this is why I say the books are mirrors, windows, and doors. So, oh, yeah. So this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Begin to see yourself clearly as who you really are and always have been without all the muck and the mire and the lies and the deceit and all those false things that you had taken on that were not you. It's so much joy because of so much comfortableness there. You become so much more comfortable because you don't become a new person. You become the person who you were born to be. Because the one analogy I will, uh, the one little cliche I will say is God don't make no jump. Mm-hmm. That you hear shows you have purpose. Mm-hmm. That you hear. I don't care how you hear with one leg, two legs. When you think you, you, you ain't got nothing left, you hear. You're breathing. You hear. You know. Mm-hmm. So you in the hospital bed, you still hear. You you hear. If you can hear, you hear. You can still respond in any way. Look at uh, what's the little girl that couldn't couldn't speak or or uh, see. Helen, uh, Helen Keller. Keller. Yeah. Helen Keller. They taught her to communicate, and she went on to do great things. Mm-hmm. She was here. She had purpose. So that is the mindset you must have: is that you ha- that you are here, so you have purpose. Why else would you be here? And that's what the parents need to start telling us when you tell them. Why else would you be here, son? Why else would you be here? Now, you have greatness and you have purpose in you. And then they yep. start looking for it. Because once you aim somebody at something, they start looking for it. It's the right. same way you learn how to do everything wrong. Once you saw it, you start looking for it. Once you saw that dude hit that joint, you say, oh, that's how they do that. Now you're looking for it. You've been mm-hmm. influenced now. Now, same way you see dad fix, jack the car up and fix the tire for mom. Oh, that's how that works. Looking for it now. I know how to fix the tire now. At least I think I know how. I go through the motions. I can look like I know how. All right. So, Lou, you there? Can you unmute? Yep, I'm here. What's up? Good morning. All right, man. All right. So I stopped it there. 25 minutes. That was into the interview number nine. We got a lot of more stuff we could play the next time. But I kind of, like, want to talk to you a little about some of that stuff, and I'm sure you want to kind of get some input on it too. Um, let me ask you this question right quick because it's probably on the next clip because I do remember you saying this, and I just it might have been on the, on on one of the interviews before when you answered that, but I I mentioned to you that you know you were talking to me about uh, my wife's father, my father-in-law up in Cleveland, and I was telling you that he had contacts and this and that, and you was like, yeah. I definitely want to meet him. I just want to get his contact. And then I mentioned somebody else, and you're like, yeah, I want to get that contact too. And I ask you, um, you know, these contacts that you're getting, 
And I remember you told me a story, I think, about one of your friends that you depended on to help you, and he didn't come through that time. And you said to yourself, I'm not going to ever have that happen again because I had this one person that I really was trying to work with outside of the prison, and he didn't take it serious as you were, and you and he kind of messed you up one day, and you said to yourself that I'm going to get a bunch of more contacts that I can talk to outside of prison so that will never happen again. Was that correct? Did you say something like that? Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty, it's it's somewhat a mixture of that. It's like three different things mixed, but yeah. So basically, in life, going back to the victim mentality, just starting at the at the base, the victim mentality. The majority of us grew up depending upon somebody, and you Save. put your whole like huh? a savior. You know, like you know, when you get elected yeah, president, like, somebody gonna I save us. My big grandma, auntie, yeah. your mama. Uh, whatever your situation was growing up, your dad, your uncle, or whatnot. Preacher, teacher, somebody. Exactly. That you, right. The issue with that is this. No matter who that Savior was, they're going to let you down because it is impossible for one human being to supply the needs of another human being fully. It takes a, a, a total network of cross-sections. You know, uh, I, I know you tell the story about, I think you, I think, yeah, the thing is you, you got an uncle or something that was successful in biology or something, yeah. and everybody's coming in by finance. Just yeah, you know, he's smart. He's everything. everything. Yeah, here. He's Yeah. All that money. You just know every goddamn thing. I'm going to come yeah. to him about my heart condition. My, I got a boil on my foot. My daughter yeah. can't read. You know, I want to make it a best. I want to start a business. I mean, long. Because he had a PhD in science. They thought he knew everything else. Because in our ignorance, in our ignorance, we mix it all together. That is a problem. Mixing everything together and we can't be – subjectivity hinders you from making proper summation. Now, I stole that, but I love it. Subjectivity – got to explain that. <laughs> prevents you from making the proper summation. Everything we base it on is what we want, what we feel, our opinions. That's not life. That's not real. You feeling it. It feels real. This is the reason why emotions are so dangerous. It feels real, but it's not how the world works. It's not the reality of it. And we can't get out of our feelings. We can't get out of our subjectivity to be objective and look at it from all viewpoints because we don't think collective. We think individually. That's what I was talking about with the math. We only think about, I need to eat. I need to do this. I need to feel this. So we don't never look at it from everybody else's viewpoint. Like we're driving, I see it so very clearly out here coming from a place where, I think, man, you talked about this. Uh, when you're in prison and you're forced to live in a community, very close-knit, and you forced to depend upon a collection of people, your view of the world changes. So when I'm out here and I see y'all walking, and we in the store or in a mall, y'all just walking into each other. Person looking at something, y'all blow right up into the cart, they look at the pork chops, you come, you looking right there to you, over them, breathing on them. You breathe. And y'all cool with that because y'all have no, like, respect for people's space, uh, no respect for uh, they were there first, let me wait, patience, let me wait, they'll move. I can get to the beans when they move. And it's like I'm having to adjust to it. I don't do it still, but I'm having to adjust to it and see that y'all cool with it. It ain't cool for me because to me it's a matter of disrespect. 
It's a matter of I'm disrespecting this person's ability and right to you can, you can, you, you can get stabbed faith. in prison for that one. Exactly, it's a it's a show of complete disrespect. You know, it's a it's a it's a habit that that you do away with very quickly. I don't remember doing away with it, but it happens. You know, you because you learn your environment. So I see that out here though, it ain't like that. And then on both sides, because I remember people kept telling me this when Donald Trump took office. Oh. White people don't respect us no more. You should see how they looked at me. Dude cut me off or whatnot. And I'm sure it's white, it's white people that are saying, oh, these black people, they're so aggressive now. You know, since Barack Obama been in office, everybody aggressive. Now I'm sitting back being objective versus being subjective. Both of y'all entitled. The white people ain't doing no different than what the black people are doing. Y'all fighting over the last biscuit. It's a victim mentality on both sides. You know, because I've been outside of it. So I'm seeing it for what it is. I'm not emotionally caught up in it. No, disrespectful to each other. You know, I mean? disrespectful as hell. You think because the white dude, he looking at he looking at the cereal. That's the cereal I want. He there. He know I want to look at that cereal. He just taking a long time. I'm going in and get my rights. I'm going in here and look at this Captain Crunch. So you just jumped in first, man, and then you wonder why he looking too crazy and vice versa. You know, the sister there looking looking at the cocoa puff. Oh, yep. that's one of these black militants. Look, she got her hair like that. I, I'm going in here for my rights. I'm a white man. And he, <laughs> it makes even real. <laughs> but it's, fun, it's kind of funny. Hey, I, 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 just funny. Did that. I just did that the other day at the grocery store. A lady standing in front of the, the freezer, and I'm trying to get to my uh, veggie burgers. And she just standing. I was like, that lady know I'm standing. She know I'm trying to get to that. Get out of the way. 